Buenos dias. Welcome to another daily devotion. I am your host, El Padre. I'm so thankful to be dropping my remote onto my color pencils with you today. Oh, man. Today's a good day. Today we're going to be in John chapter 2. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the introduction to John with Pastor Dan. Uh, jumping into John chapter 1 yesterday uh, with the calling of Philip and Nathaniel. Today we're going to be in a story that is unique to the book of John. So I'm, I'm really excited because, uh, you know, when you teach through Matthew, Mark, and Luke in order, you tend to repeat a lot of the same stories. And uh, I'm excited because this one is, is unique. Um, and it's considered Jesus's first miracle. So if you haven't read it already, please go ahead and read John chapter 2. And let's uh, join together and we'll discuss. Uh, starting in verse 1. So I'm assuming you already read it. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding as well. When the wine ran out, Jesus' mother told them, They don't have any more wine. What does that have to do with you and me? Woman, Jesus asked, My hour has not yet come. Do whatever he tells you, his mother told the servant. Now six stone water jars had been set there for Jewish purification. Each contained 20 or 30 gallons. Fill the jars with water, Jesus told them. So they filled them to the brim, and he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the head waiter. And they did. And when the head waiter tasted the water after it had become wine, he did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. He called the groom and told him, Everyone sets out the fine wine first. Then, after the people are drunk, and the inferior. But you have kept the fine wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee. He revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum together with his mother and brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for only a few days. So today, this is going to be the, the section that we're going to be staying in. So first off, uh, a Jewish wedding. Uh, Jesus, his mom, his disciples are at a wedding ceremony. Um, a couple of things. In a Jewish wedding, uh, it, it's very different from our modern weddings. Uh, and so not only... Uh, one major difference is in the amount of time it takes. Uh, so it, it's usually the ceremony, and then for seven days there's a party that takes place. Uh, and so because of that, so like, think about this. Uh, your, uh, your reception just goes for seven days. Like that's, that's a full wedding. Uh, they do the ceremony and, and usually 30 to 40 minutes. And then after that, it's just one giant party. And so everybody um, is partying out. So there, there's some other things involved with it. But it is important for us to know 
the whole wedding itself is a, a really long process. Uh, usually, uh, when, like, let's say, when you get engaged, when you, uh, you, you would pay or give a sum of money to the father of the bride, uh, sometimes you, you give uh, a purchase price, and then that's when you become officially engaged or betrothed. You are legally married at this particular point. So like with Joseph and Mary, um, you would say that they were legally married, even though they weren't, uh, like they hadn't gone through all the ceremonies yet. They were just betrothed. Uh, they weren't intimate together yet, uh, because again, um, you're betrothed. That doesn't take place until the actual wedding ceremony. At that ceremony, they do the 45-minute thing. There, there's a lot that goes into that. But then at some point in time, uh, they, they go off for some alone time. They have their first meal together there. Uh, that's usually prepared for in advance and, and put in there for them. They spend their alone time. Uh, and then they, uh, from that point on, it's, it's just one giant party. And so uh, you've got to have provision for seven days worth of, of meals. That's that's 21 meals that you have to have planned for and provided for. And if the people throwing this party are as skilled at planning as I am, you can be sure that there was probably some mismanagement, some accidental lack of planning. And uh, e even, you know, with, with this, we don't know what day of the wedding party it is. Uh, it does say on the third day a wedding took place. Uh, there's a lot of different interpretations on whether that's like just Wednesday or whether that's, you know, the third day, meaning the third day of the wedding party. Uh, there's, but either way, uh, it, it could be the sixth day of the party. Um, but Jesus and his mom are there, his disciples are there, and his mom comes to him, his mom uh, tells the people that are worried about this this, this lack of alcohol, uh, what are we going to do? Uh, we can't have a real party. Um, you, you know, they're, they're worried. They, they didn't have enough provisions. And think about it like this. Like, uh, I, one thing that I think is interesting, uh, the Chosen TV show does a really great job with this particular story. Uh, but just think about it like, you know, uh, somebody's job is on the line. Somebody was supposed to provide uh, all of this stuff. Uh, the, you know, maybe, maybe there was a, a manufacturing error and they just ran out. Or maybe people were just partying more than expected, drinking way more than expected. Um, you know, this is, this is interesting. I, I know that uh, I'm sure somebody's going to ask this. Uh, but, you know, the... Most most Christians believe, uh, you know, the Bible says don't don't be drunk, and yet um, you see here uh, that the the head waiter says that they bring out the best wine after everybody's had too much to drink or after people are drunk. Uh, then they bring out the the lesser wine because then people are just drunk and they can't tell anymore. Um, that that if Jesus that that Jesus somehow doesn't consider. Uh, that this is, um, I, I've heard the argument that, that this kind of drinking isn't considered a sin, otherwise Jesus would not have provided the wine. I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. 
I think in the same way that when you're responsible to steward your money and uh, Jesus tells us to be generous and you're not accountable for the way that other people spend the money that you gave them uh, when you were being generous. You're doing what God asked of you. That now means that they have to do with their stuff uh, or God's stuff. Um, they have to manage the money that God gives them as well. And if they don't do a good job, even though you're the one that gave it to them, that's that's not on you. You're not held accountable to that. Now, you know, there's also the, you know, you could be, you could repent for that or whatever. Uh, similarly to how Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah, they there's a, a documentation of how the people of Israel are repenting on behalf of the sins of the people before them. Uh, so even though they're technically not uh, the ones that committed it, uh, there there is that. Um, but as far as like, you know, in Ezekiel, there, there's a, a big discussion about how God says uh, to the people to be just and how the father shouldn't be punished for the things his sons do and vice versa. And so um, it's important for us to recognize here uh, that if people are sinning by getting drunk, uh, Jesus isn't guilty of their sin. Uh, he still died a sinless sinless, sinless uh, death. Um, and so here, um, you know, for whatever reason, they run out of water or they run out of wine and Jesus provides for them because his mom instigates a miracle. Um, now, does he do the miracle because his mom told him to? Does he do the miracle only because his disciples are standing there watching? Hey, your mom said that you need to help them. It doesn't say what she tells him to do. Like, she doesn't say, oh, Jesus is going to uh, provide you wine. She just knows that whatever problem you have, you need to come to Jesus. And I think that that's definitely a tangible thing that we can take out of this story, that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what situation you have, maybe you need to throw a party and you run out of supplies. And come to Jesus. Come to Jesus with your issues, um, you know, and... Let him handle it. Maybe he'll provide like uh, he does for the wine. Maybe he'll he'll take like, oh, I need more bread. Maybe he'll take a bunch of grain and turn it into bread. I don't know what he'll do. Uh, but Jesus has the ability to provide. There are so many ways here in the Bible that God uniquely provides for people. And so for us, we just need to recognize uh, we also need to come to Jesus uh, when we're going through... Um, all situations. We always need to come to Jesus. Um, now, let's continue on here where it says, um, I, I, I really want to point this out because I, this to me, this is one of the most important parts of this particular story. It says in verse 11, Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee. He revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now, for me, I, I really want to, point this out because I think that regardless of the type of miracle, what matters the most in this story is that Jesus' glory is revealed and the disciples believe. Uh, this is the first step uh, in, um, in, in the right direction. The disciples are already following Jesus, uh, but they need to believe that he's the Messiah. They need to surrender their lives to him. And this is a part of that process. 
uh, you know, that they are believing that Jesus is the Messiah. And so um, when it says that he revealed his glory, uh, there's, there's a lot of different connotations to glory. We see glory in the Old Testament. Uh, the Bible talks about the glory of the Lord on Mount Sinai. When, Mo when Moses you know, goes up the mountain uh, to meet with God to get the Ten Commandments. Uh, it talks about the glory of God uh, when Moses would go into the tent of meeting and, and meet with uh, God face to face. Uh, but here we see that this is the first time uh, that Jesus reveals his glory to the disciples. Um, now, glory uh, has a couple different um, connotations. Some of them would say like splendor, holiness, and majesty. Um, it, it's, it's all of those things. Uh, when you think of the glory of a woman, uh, you, you know, her beauty and the way like that she makes you feel when you see her, uh, you know, like I can remember, um, it, this still, still happens to me, but the first time I saw my wife, I remember like my heart, uh, just feeling like it stopped. Uh, and I felt like I said every dumb thing that came to my mind, which I probably did. Uh, and, and like the glory of my wife would be her beauty and her, her like everything about her that just makes her so wonderful. Uh, and it's the same thing. Uh, in many ways with God. Uh, the word glory in the Bible usually means weight. Uh, there's a book called The Weight of Glory by C.S. Lewis. I'm sure Pastor Dan will reference it at some point in time. It's very good. I highly recommend it. Uh, but it has to do with that when Jesus or God, in, when they and their glory arrive, that it, it is heavy. Uh, it's sort of like when we describe like a, a, our wives or our a, like a beautiful person, or uh, for some people when they look at the mountains, like if it takes your breath away, uh, that is a type of glory. But with Jesus, uh, it's so much more. And the disciples, they see Jesus perform this miracle. That, that was water, and now it's wine? That's, that's miraculous. And not only is it wine, it's the best wine. Uh, it, it's the good wine. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I love how, um, you know, there, there are so many different takes on this particular story. You know, maybe Jesus saved somebody his job. Maybe he just did it to honor his mother. Who knows? Um, I do want to point something out, too. Uh, a lot of times I always think it's kind of funny because Jesus says, uh, uh, woman, why do you involve me? Or why do you involve me, woman? Um, in verse 4, uh, it, it does say that there's a little thingy there. It says, what does that have to do with you and me? And then the little thingies there. It says that the literal translation of that is, what to me and to you? <clears throat> what to me and to you, woman? Uh, I, it, it's interesting because uh, if I'd have called my mom woman, I'd have been in a whole heap of trouble. Uh, but this is not a disrespectful way to speak to your mother. Uh, this is, uh, he's not American. Um, he, he's being respectful. He's being polite. Uh, and I do think that, that that is very important for us to recognize as well. Uh, so this is Jesus's first miracle. Also, think about it like this. Um, 
the six stone jars had been set there for Jewish purification. Uh, what is that? Uh, this is a, a stone jar that as people are coming, uh, they're going to be washing their hands in this water. Uh, there's a chance that maybe the servants would be using this water to wash the feet of the people coming uh, to serve them, get the dust off their feet. There, there's a good chance uh, that this water w probably wasn't good. Now, I, I, I think it's interesting because it doesn't say that these were empty stone jars. It just says that they filled them to the brim. Uh, so, you know, were they empty and they had to go fill them up all the way? Did they just go get some fresh water, put it in there, and then Jesus turned it into wine? I don't know. Uh, but I do think it's amazing that Jesus is using this water that is designed for purification to do a miracle. In a, in a sense, it's sort of like Jesus is symbolically saying, uh, uh, well, for one, we know that he goes on to say that, that uh, I'm the living water, and we know Jesus can purify, and we know that through this miracle, that Jesus is really, in many ways, he's, he's pointing to himself by using this water to provide for purification, that when we come to him, uh, and we ask for forgiveness, and we repent of our sins, we know that we're forgiven, and we know that we're purified. So let's pray. Jesus, we, we come before you humbly, and we thank you for this wonderful story. Lord, we ask that you would help us to understand things that sometimes are, are just super complex. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would uh, reveal yourself and your glory to us all the more. Uh, Lord, we pray that we would be like the disciples and not be in unbelief, but we would be in belief. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for all that, that uh, we've learned, all that we've studied. Lord, continue to speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We will see you uh, again tomorrow. If you're new to the channel, thank you so much for joining us. If you're old to the channel, also thank you for joining us. Uh, if you want to, please subscribe to the channel, uh, click the little bell and you'll be notified whenever one of our wonderful videos come out. We hope to see you live and in person at the Huntington YMCA on Sundays at 10 a.m. Uh, and then also you can always reach out to us for our locations Tuesday morning prayer at the Junction Cafe in Columbia City. Uh, anything else? I don't know. Read the description for the other announcements. Thank you so much. Peace out.